everyone, thanks for joining uh, to the last round. Tonight we're having Hannah Rankin, so let's have a chat with Hannah. Hi, how you doing? How are you doing? How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Getting there, it's a cold night. Yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, uh, we'll kick off with a little bit of information about yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, you just recently won the world titles. How how are you feeling about that? Uh, obviously, I'm still buzzing. Like it feels like it was so long ago now, but actually, it was only the beginning of November. And we've just started December, so it's like only, it's not even been a full month yet. <laughs> but really, really happy. Better uh, on cloud number nine with it. Yeah, I mean, very proud to have the WBA and the IBO. Um, just yeah, absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it's actually I've seen that you're the the first Scottish woman. Uh, champion of the world that's never happened so that must be a some achievement for yourself it, it's 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 massive it's it's kind of crazy when you think like i've made history for my country and that's never going to change that's all, always going to be in the history books and as my dad said uh, i'm going to be the answer to a pub quiz question one day <laughs> and i was like thanks dad i've made it <laughs> well you're on the, the top 10 with quite a few boxers uh, ricky burns been one of them uh, three-time world champion, uh, different weights. So what's it like being in the kind of category with him when he's in the, the books for being the first Scottish person to ever do that? Uh, I mean, Ricky Bird's an absolute hero for me. So, like, I think every single Scottish boxer looks up to him. He's just such a legend. He's, a re he's like the people's champ. Everybody loves him. And, like, if I can, you know, emulate even a quarter of what Ricky has done in the sport, then I'll be really proud. What was the, the training like for getting ready, uh, mentally and physically, for the, the world title fight? So, because of COVID, it's been a really weird year, especially in last year. So, like, I had three sort of camps back to back with things that were meant to be happening prior to that. So, when I finally got into the camp for the actual world title fight and the date was sorted and I knew those titles were on the line, I was like, thank God, <laughs> you know, a bit of relief. <laughs> um, because when you're in training, you want to peak at the right time. You want everything to work out, you know, as best it can, of course, um, and get sparring done at the right time. So, yeah, no, I was really pleased to have a, a date fixed. And I think every boxer has been struggling with that. You know, dates keep changing all the time. So, for me, I was just really pleased to know it was going to be the 5th of November, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and that was the day I was working towards. Um, I think that really helps your mental preparation as well. You can really start to focus in and do your visualizations properly and everything like that. So I, I do a lot of mental training in the lead up to fights, so it's quite important for me. Do you think you'll be going for any other world title shots? Uh, do you think you'll try get a couple more belts under you? Try to the, get more? Absolutely. Uh, my goal is to unify a division. That's what I want to do. I want to unify at 154. So... Um, you know, that for me is my goalpost at the moment. And so I need to pick up the other titles to do that. Unify, that's, 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 a, that's a, a big hill to climb. But it's completely doable. You've already done it twice before. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's amazing. You know, that's, a, that's some goal to try set yourself, you know. I think I, people said to me after the fight, they're like, oh, um, you know, how are you feeling? You, you just kind of smashed your goal. What, what's, what's next sort of thing? And for me, I'm that kind of person. I'm very much goal oriented. Uh, I like to have plans and things in, in front of me. So as soon as I achieve one, I give myself the next one that I want to do so that I know that I've got something to work in towards. And for me, my, my next thing is to obviously defend the title. And 
most excited about having my hand raised and hearing and still <laughs> you know that's that's my main focus for the next bit um and then obviously i want to unify uh, so it's it's good to have uh, goals and things to work towards and uh, for me this is like the new chapter in my sort of career i'm now the wba ibo world champion and now my next goal is to stay at that level and pick up the other titles and so that's yeah, what I'm eventually for. yeah with josh taylor uh, oh, another legend <laughs> yeah uh is it 27th he's fighting i think he's got all the titles on um yeah he will be he's fighting in uh i think february in scotland so um yeah no i'm, I'm really excited obviously i'm gonna try and get to that one of course um right. I think i'll probably be back in training camp but there's definitely get an excuse to it when it gets to go and watch uh fellow scott fighting so yeah no, i'm really buzzing about that so fingers crossed you know I was there when he first he won his first belt uh, against uh, Reese's Prospect. Yeah. Uh, I was at the show uh, at the York Hall and he showed up. So I, that's when I first met him and legend of a man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and like just completely putting Scotland on the map, you know, like I think at the moment Scottish boxing is really like we're flying high at the moment. There's loads of great fighters in Scotland and you know, we're such a small country, but we're making such big waves in the sport. Um, you know, you've got Lee McGregor and Cash Farouk. They're going to meet again. And that was just a, an amazing fight when they first met. So I'm just buzzed about the rematch, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, loads going on. Cash Farouk is a real good boxer. I met him uh, in Glasgow when he was fighting one of the Andrew brothers. And it was just amazing. His, his feet work is unbelievable. And now he's uh, WBC Intercontinental. Yeah. So... Uh I love watching Cash in the ring. Um, like you know, like, we were in the same bubble together when I fought on the matchroom card, and it's just always nice to have a, a friendly Scottish voice there. You know, someone I miss. <laughs> it's, it's something that I miss definitely from being down here in London for so much. But Cash, he's just got the absolute heart of gold, but he's a demon in the ring, and it just makes him great to watch. Yeah, the last uh, last uh, show I seen, he was fighting matchroom. Uh, he was fighting a Mexican. Yeah. It takes a lot to be able to stand with a Mexican fighter, and he outboxed him in every sense of the word. So, yeah, he just does. He tries like uh, I think Craig's trying to get him not to get too involved because he just likes a tear up. But I think I can totally understand that Scottish fighters we just like a good tear up. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Box, you know, told, that's the important thing. <laughs> I've seen you plenty of times when you've been boxing. You just want to get and you're like, oh, she's going for it. <laughs> Oh, let's go. Fuck it. <laughs> That's the only way you can do it. You know, you've got, like you said, there have been plenty of Scottish fighters what's got to the level, then they've just dropped off. Yeah. But it seems to be Scottish boxing. It seems to be coming back pretty good. So it's the same time for uh, boxing for Scotland. Absolutely. And of course, I'm with Fight Zone at the moment and they're busy putting on quite a lot of shows all over the UK. But it's great that they're actually putting them on. Like I was out there doing the commentary the week after my fight in Aberdeen because Dean Sutherland was fighting for the WBC Silver International. And, and we've been shared cards all the way through his career. And so it was really nice for me to be doing the commentary for his fight. And the hardest part of the night was actually not swearing on, on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about it there, so I'm trying to keep it cool myself. <laughs> but that's where I'm fighting. Uh, I think it's getting, to, it's getting signed off on March. Uh, I'll be on Fight Zone. But I need to get past the fight on January the first, uh, 21st. So... Nerves. Forward to it. Ah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> There's just so much to do, but I'm looking forward to getting out and just. It's been a while since the COVID. It's yeah. Quite a lot. So fingers crossed. But enough about me. So we know that you're into your music. Yeah. 
do you still do you still do it quite a lot? So funny you should ask actually because I've just been chatting to my quintet. I've got a win quintet, the Coriolis quintet, and uh, all through the pandemic it was super depressing not to get to rehearse together because we just couldn't see each other so we, we did a lot of stuff online so we recorded our parts and joined them all up together uh online which was a whole new experience because let's be honest i am terrible with technology so it's not it's, it's not my forte um I, i'm impressed that i managed to do this tonight to be honest um but yeah no we're actually going to do some more concerts soon we do a lot of work with a, a company called live music now which takes music into schools and also care homes. And we're going to a care home next week. And it's, it's working with people who are living with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia, especially. Um, and it's just great. It's kind of interactive concerts. And at, at this time of year, we get to bring in sort of like the festive spirit and things. And um, it's amazing to see the reactions of people who might not always be that interactive with the nurses and their their family and friends. But as soon as they hear the music, you know, it often brightens their day and the responses have been amazing. So it's kind of a very rewarding part of my other career and I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I love news myself. It wasn't recently I just passed out. Uh, Highland Drummond. Yeah. Amazing. So, uh, it took me six months to learn how to read music, but <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean for me, like I started like I started with music first of all. I went to the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland in Glasgow. I did my undergraduate there and then I moved down to London to do my masters on bassoon and you know it's just like obviously going to always be my first love it's just the thing that i spent the most time with and, and most uh sort of like even as a child like my mom used to have me on her knee at the piano and like from a very young age music was a big part of my life so yeah i think it will always be a big part of it for me that's good how did you jump from playing music to actually <laughs> become a boxer then becoming one of the only women in scottish history to be a world champion that is as a male, that's quite a different. It's a weird, yeah. <laughs> so basically, when I was a kid, we used to do taekwondo. Me and my sister, my mom yep. put us in that, and like, like I've said before, it's definitely because she wanted us to stop fighting each other at home. You know, like hundred <laughs> percent, she put us into taekwondo, so we had uh, fair reasons to be taking lumps out of someone else. Um, so when I got into music, I stopped doing all that sort of stuff and I didn't get back into it at the end, until the end of my undergraduate. And I was actually doing Thai boxing up at the Grip House and they used to do a circuit class. So yep. yeah, I used to train there, got back into it. When I moved to London, got involved with uh, um, my coach now, Noel Callan. He introduced me to boxing because I was just doing Thai at that time. Um, you know, and one thing I do miss is kicking people. I must admit that. I do admit, like, I miss kicking people. Um, but yeah, no, he introduced me to boxing. I fell in love with it. And um, since then, I've just been, yeah, like, just fascinated with it. And I think because it's got, for me, it has got some similarities to music. Bear with me here. <laughs> so I'm going to you know, it's, it's obviously it's all about rhythm mm -hmm. and it's it's very disciplined. As a musician, I, I'm used to practicing something over and over and over again for hours a day, you know, with rehearsals. So I like the discipline, the dedication it requires to achieve a, a certain level. Um, and also for me, it's like there's so many different styles and, and things that you can learn. And I really enjoy that. So, yeah, it, it, it kind of came naturally for me. But I think a lot of other people are like she's mental. She's mental. I don't know where I've got from, but yeah, I just uh, really enjoyed it. And I think my nature has always been 
go 110%. If I enjoy something, I'm going to go 100% at it and see see where I go with it. And yeah, I decided to go, I did some white collar fights and then decided to go pro. And here I am now. <laughs> Cannot complain, you know, you've worked hard. Uh, strong believer, if you work hard at something, you always get what you, you want. Yeah. And so you've not just done it once, you've done it twice. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an achievement all in itself, you know what I mean? Then especially when you go into Unify it, that is just yeah. going to be, you've got to take. Okay, take if it, when I manage to do that, I'm going to be really, really pleased. <laughs> really, really oh, pleased. So when, when, if you had to say your hardest fight in the ring, who would it be the most challenging person you had to try figure out? Clarissa Shields, 100%. Um, she's just got such a background. Obviously, two Olympic gold medals at the Olympics. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she nailed the Olympics and then she moved into the pro game. She's been a, a world champion, unified three divisions. Um, so in three different weight classes, uh, like, it's so impressive. And when I fought her, the lead up to that was probably the first time I was on my biggest fight. You know, I had lots of media obligations. Mm -hmm. I had lots of filming. Uh, as well as all the training that was involved and it was a whole new world a really a yeah. whole new world a big fight over in america I had to fly over to america all that sort of stuff and, and you know the first time i was standing up to do a live press conference um in fight week it was getting beamed all over the world you know yeah. everyone could see it and it's the first time i had to deal with someone trash talking to me and all that sort of thing um and like it was really exciting but also in the ring on fight night i was so like zoned in and uh, it was a great fight because in the lead up, we really didn't like each other. <laughs> so As you we, do. <laughs> we went at it, you know, um, and it made for an exciting fight for people. And I was so switched on the whole way through. Um, but yeah, her, her ring gentlemanship, her ring IQ, uh, her distance and her combination <laughs> punching is, is very, very impressive. So for me, that's probably the hardest fight I've had. Oh, yeah. When I watched that, see if she, what well, I think, if she engaged more with you. Mm. Uh, the using Rincraft, I think you'd uh, outpowered her. Yeah. I don't, it didn't look like she was stronger than you, but she was, her feet was a lot quicker. Her and feet. People think that, uh, people have said to me, oh, she's got really flat feet. She's, you know, she's really slow on her feet. And I'm like, that's not true at all. You know, she's got, she's really quick on her feet and her distance is just really good. She judges it perfectly. Yeah. And since that fight, we've become actually really good friends. Uh, well, it was not straight away afterwards. We were still going at it after the bell, after the fight, and <laughs> got it out of our system a few months later when we sparred again. We did rounds 11 to 16, 17, or whatever it was, <laughs> and we got it out of our system. But now we're good friends, and we spar a lot, and I always learn so much in sparring with her because, you know, yeah, her technique is just really, really impressive. Oh, yeah, she, she has a good boxer. Everyone says she's like uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather. She's got... Yeah. Great skills. I'll tell you, use the ring. I'll give her that. Same as uh, Lomachenko. Yeah. That's another one. You know, there's so many talented uh, fighters, but I think if you put them two kind of fighters together, yeah, it does really make a good fight because uh, they're good, so good at their feet work. They're no banging. They're no, <laughs> not getting stuck in. Yeah. No. I think I think with um with Carissa, like you let us, you let us set her feet, and she's just gonna let like ten punches go so fast so for me that whole fight was constantly moving changing the angle so that she couldn't set her feet and, and get get those long combinations going because once she started it's really hard to stop her you yeah. know she's just going so uh, <laughs> that was the the plan in the fight there and it worked you know um so 
it was it was a great learning fight for me as well. Even though I lost it, I gave a great um, performance for myself uh, and from the level that I was at. And uh, it just kind of inspired me more to get to where I wanted to be as a world champion. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever want to do it again and try to get a bit of redemption against her? To be honest, we're such good friends now. I don't see that happening again. But no. both of us have said if the money was right, we'd get back in the ring. Oh, yeah. I sure would. <laughs> yeah. I sure would. But now you know our mistakes and, and what makes a tick. I suppose that'd be a lot, a lot easier since you've shared the ring with her. As well. So it's kind of like those things when you both get in, you know, something else. And I always see that when you see fights where people come together that have sparred together much earlier in their career mm -hmm. um, or they fought each other way back. And then there's a few years later how things change. You can see them kind of smiling to each other when they know which, what each other's going to do. And I can imagine that. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the same as uh, Amy Akan and Kill Brook. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've got my, my money on Brook. Have you? Yeah, I, I mean, I can. He's is good, but if you look at all the fights he's had, he's got a glass jaw. I'm, a, I'm so I'm a massive fan of Brook, but I feel like Karna's speed. Yeah, and and also I feel like uh, Brook's had a bit of a, a few last few tough fights. You know, there's been a lot of uh, punishment, especially with the eye sockets and things like that. So, you yeah. know, he, he's taken a lot of punishment in the ring, and since the Golovkin fight, really. Khan's not not really had that much uh, same sort of punishment levels, and I think he, you know he takes care of himself. He's quite he looks after himself. He's quite fit and healthy all the time. So, I d and I'm not sure how how kind of like uh, well behaved Brooke is outside of the ring. You know, when he's not training for a fight, how how yeah. well does he look after his body? So for me, I I'm going with Khan on points. So Ooh, on points. I don't know. I don't think. It, I think it might be. I but then I love how I love how Kel Brook's so like he's he's up for this fight, and so it's either him by knockout or uh, Carmo points. Yeah. yeah. Boxing, I think. I think can will outbox him. That, yeah. that that's a given. His feet work and his reflexes are way too good. But if Brook catches him clean, I think he'll it'll buzz him. Then you know, yeah. happen straight after that. But. I'm looking forward to it. I know. I, I, you know. Everyone's saying, oh, this fight has come too late, blah, blah, blah. But name one person. that One person can tell me they're not actually going to watch it because if they say they're not going to watch it, they're lying, right? They're lying because everybody watched that fight. <laughs> Everyone's got it. Since I had, uh, they all had, uh, they was on Sky Sports doing a, an interview, you knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. It was just a matter of time. I think in a way, it's the same as the Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather fight. Yeah. It should have happened back then, but everyone's still intrigued to see if they've still, they've still got it. Yeah. So like that. Britain. Good for British boxing. You know, we've got some amazing fights happening in Britain this year. Well, next year, and I think it's a good, it's a good thing for us all. You know. I think British boxing is definitely, you know, like, well, with me working with Fight Zone, it's nice they've given a platform to a lot of these young fighters coming through. <laughs> You know, because now we're starting to see fighters from their, their debuts, you know, and, you know, they've got a TV platform. And I think one of the, my biggest bits of advice to any fighter was that people should, like, they should get used to speaking in front of a camera. Because if you want to go anywhere in the sport, you're going to need to be able to actually, like, 
speak to somebody in front of a camera, talk about yourself, let people know who you are as a person. Yeah. So people buy into you because at the end of the day, boxing for me, it's 50-50, it's 50% sport and 50% entertainment. And it doesn't mean we all need to be like throwing tables at press conferences, <laughs> but we, we do need to be able to like get people to know our personality a little bit. So they want to buy into us as a person because at the end of the day, as the boxer, you are the business. So yeah, there's quite a lot of that. And I think with the whole build up with social media nowadays, people need to get behind that a lot more, whether they want to or not. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, but like the the quite a lot of new blood coming through uh, women boxing. Yeah, like so it never used to be like that. No. So it's people like yourself and other women boxers in Britain was making path for it, and you've got some real talented boxers. Yeah. Oh, and you watch some of them fight like that. Yeah, okay then. You know, <laughs> you can hit. I think we should actually give loads of props to Eddie Hearn, really, at this point, because during the pandemic, he had this fight camp running, and he <laughs> chose to put on some female fights, and he chose to put on the top-level ones, so it's world title fights. And for once, we actually had a captive audience. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had an audience stuck in their houses. There was no excuse, oh, it's the chick's fight, we'll go to the bar, standard. There was none of that. You were stuck in your house. Yeah. <laughs> watch live sport that's what was on and i think that a lot of people who'd never watched like boxing before tuned in to watch it just through a lack of sport that was available mm-hmm. and all the fights that eddie put on were world level top elite fighters so people get a chance to see women's boxing at its best and i don't think any of the female fights during that time actually disappointed i think they were all brilliant um myself and savannah we won wbc dramatic fight of the year it you know so there was always loads of excitement and the girls all went for it uh, because we're not used to having the platform to showcase our skills um and i think from there on we've just gone like this since then what if, what would you change if anything about uh women uh pro boxing would you want uh, the rounds to last longer than what they do and would you like to go up to the 12 rounds so i feel for me Personally, I would love to have three-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would down to a T, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But um, then again, I think what the feedback I've found from most people is that they love the fact that the women's fights are fast-paced. So the two minutes, they really enjoy it. And for yeah. the casual fan who's been getting into it, that's what they're enjoying about women's boxing is the speed and uh, like the kind of um, it's kind of like a sprint, really. Yeah. But, but I think what we need to do is introduce, if we're not going to get three-minute rounds, which I think we should, to make it even and equal so no one can say, oh, you know, you don't do as much as the guys, you shouldn't get paid as much. That's my main issue with it. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're, if they're not going to introduce three-minute rounds, then we should maybe go for a compromise. And when it gets to world title level, I think 12 twos. Because at the moment, your European and Commonwealth is 10 rounds and your yep. world title is 10 rounds. Yep. You're getting girls who are at the stage where they should be fighting for European Commonwealth, getting opportunities to fight for world titles, but they're not quite ready for that level yet. So I feel that if we had 12 twos, that means that there would be some sort of more division and it would help the women's game really grow. Hmm. Have, they, have there been a petition about it with the, the British Boxing Board? Are they looking into try letting uh, women boxing? So what, what people don't really know, is it's not common knowledge, is that if you want to fight anything up to eight rounds... Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, under the British Boxing Board of Control, you can fight three-minute rounds. Yeah. Uh, if you want to fight for a title, which is ten rounds, then you have to. It has to be two minutes. 
So there's no reason for the whole of your previous career up until title contention to be three minute rounds when you get to world title shot and it's going to be twos. It's a, it's a faster pace. Yeah. So you can actually do that. With the, the board will allow three minute rounds for a four rounder, a six rounder, I think an eight rounder as well. But for a 10 round, it then has to be twos. So it's a bit frustrating because obviously the WBC have some um, documents and, and they've done some studies that says women, we sweat more than guys, so we lose more water. Mm. Uh, and Therefore, there's more danger to our brains. Uh, so that you're more likely to get concussions and brain injuries. Yep. Um, but that was the only one study that was really done, as far as I can gather. So I feel like we should have some counter studies done again now to see where people are at because the level of boxing is much much improved especially with female fighters coming through the olympic system you know they're doing three minute rounds in the olympic system so yeah why should we not be doing it in the pro system and also i i feel as well if if th it was three minute rounds a lot more fights would be stopped earlier mm -hmm. instead of the girls taking a lot of punishment i feel when you look at some of Clarissa's fights, for example, you know, she, she's taking them apart for every single round, but they're just getting through the rounds and then they have a minute to recover and then they go again. Yeah. So I feel that it would be a lot less punishment on the fighters if they didn't, if they only had three minute rounds, they'd probably be stopped in round four, round five, instead of taking the full 10. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's an interesting one because I think more studies have to be done uh, before they can say, Yes, just go ahead, do three minutes. Before I do it, 100%. Right, before we wrap this up, I've been asked to ask a question that's uh, make your boxer. Oh. Design a boxer. Start design a boxer, head. okay. Yeah, so this is your own design. So we'll start with head. So uh, knowledge, so you can pick anyone. Brains, brains. okay. Um, for brains, I think I'm going to have to go with Floyd. That seems to be a popular one. Yeah. Right. Left hand. Okay. Um, ooh, uh, let me think, let me think. Lyndon Arthur. Okay. Right hand. Oh, um, Julian Jackson. Feet work. Lomachenko. I knew you was going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> So let's repeat that one more time, so Jordan, because he'll do a little picture of it and he'll put <laughs> heads and body shapes where it's go. So the first one, you went with the head. You went with... Who was Floyd. It? Floyd, obviously. Naturally, you would. Uh, left hand? Uh, Lyndon Arthur. Right hand? Uh, Julian Jackson. And the uh, footwork? Lomachenko. There we go. Well, it's been amazing speaking to you. Um, I'm looking forward to watching you keep on going, winning them titles and unifying it. I hope really soon because I'm looking forward to that. I want, that's got well, books. I'm looking forward. The plan is, uh, all fingers crossed and COVID depending, yep. um, I'm hoping to defend my titles at home in Scotland in the new year, March, April time. Hopefully all things going well. So, uh, for me, absolutely buzzing to be at home in a uh, like at home in front of a home crowd, family and friends, um, and also defend those titles at home in Scotland is just uh, yeah epic, you know. So right. fingers crossed, you guys will get to tune in for that. If you're, you're not able to come to Scotland, you can tune in on Fight Zone. So yeah, I'll definitely be there 100%. Watch you raise your hand again.
again and again. <laughs> Thanks, it's amazing speaking at you, and I wish you all the best. And I know really? you'll kill it. Yeah, brilliant. Catch up with you soon. Take Hi, care. Anna. Right, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah.